0: boston college head coach jeff Hafley gives an important update on the injuries of two defenders one will play one will not how will this impact boston college in the military bowl we'll dive into this and much more on today's locked on boston college you are locked on boston college your daily podcast on the boston college eagles part of the locked on podcast network your team every day This is Locked On Boston College AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening. On today's show, we're gonna dive into some news to do with the military bowl. There were some updates that you need to know. We're also going to chop the Christmas wish list for BC basketball, football, and athletics on today's show. So On Monday, Boston College held their final press conference before the team heads off to Washington for the Military Bowl against ECU. And Jeff Halfley got a chance to speak to the press about things that are going on. He talked about Christmas presents, his favorite present being a Rambo doll from when he was a kid. Uh, It's a funny comment. You need to hear that if you get a moment. Uh, But he also talked about an injury report that I thought was very interesting and could be Good sign slash bad sign of what's going to happen. First, let's get to the bad news first. The bad news, Shida Salah is out for the Military Bowl. He has an upper body injury. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but he, he missed the final two games of the season, and he will miss the Military Bowl because he had surgery on that upper body part um, right before um, prep for the, for the practices and such went on. Now, Salah is out, but the good news is that Josh DeBerry is back. Josh DeBerry is practicing with the team. Jeff Halfley says he looks like he's progressing well. That is humongous news because if you're talking the defensive MVP when he is healthy, it has to be Josh DeBerry. He played nickel cornerback all season long. He played 10 games a season but then got hurt in the Georgia Tech game and missed the final two games where Boston College's defense struggled. And I honestly believe a lot of that has to do with the injury to deberry because what halfley had to do was swap in cj burton who did play some nickel when he was in high school and but he hadn't he, he wasn't like that wasn't his go to spot and as halfley said he had to kind of you know give him signals and things from on the sideline to keep him on um, the same page so when you have a guy that's so fluent in that position like josh deberry and you have to replace it with a guy that's still learning it kind of iffy that's a big difference. And the nickel nickel cornerback position against a passing offense like ECU is a mammoth position. One of extreme importance. So if you have DeBerry in there and we hope that Brandon Sebastian will play. I know he's going to play in the East uh, West Shrine game. And then you have Elijah Jones. You've got your entire secondary there, but you also have your lifeblood of that secondary. That's what Josh DeBerry is. He's going to be the guy that makes those big plays. You know, he had two interceptions this season, he had a whole bunch of tackle, but what he can do, as Mitch Wolf said on yesterday's show, is he can line up in that slot and take that wide receiver out of the game. And, for a team like ECU uh, that is going to rely on the short game, you know, they're only averaging about eight yards per pass. That is a huge deal. Now, the, the next piece about the DeBerry news that I think is important to note, too, is just because he's practicing doesn't necessarily mean he's playing yet. Remember, in the, in, in weeks past, Halfley has said guys have been at practice. I can remember when Trey Barry was there. I think even when Josh DeBerry was around uh, at, at, with his last injury in the end of the season. I think he, they were saying they were practicing, and then they they didn't play. So, you know, there's still a possibility that he isn't going to play, but we'll have to wait and find out about that. Now, for Salah, this is different because you've you got at the defensive end. Obviously, pass rush is has been an issue for Boston College all year. You have Marcus Valdez, who, who can get to the pass. He can get to the quarterback, but he nece- doesn't necessarily do it very consistently. And then Brandon Barlow does here and there, and Salah, you know, I, I I appreciate that his size and he has his moments. I mean, he had that big interception last year, but I don't see him as a consistent pass rusher. So, on one hand, like it, it, it like just talent wise, I don't think of it as a huge loss for Boston College because you can plug Brandon Barlow or Dan, Donovan Araku at that position, and you're gonna get pretty much similar um, production out of that. Though Salah might be a little bit more sound against the run, but. Uh, in the bigger scheme of things, it just really highlights the lack of depth – of, of experienced depth Boston College has at defensive end because right now basically you have Marcus Valdez and Brandon Barlow and then Azaraku – you know i don't know if you watched the games this year he looks so small for a defensive end like he doesn't look like a, a prototypical defensive end i watched him out there and at first thought man is he a safety or a linebacker just the, you know with a low number i think he was like number 6 it didn't make sense to me but he's a defensive end and i you know his size is what Bar- i think is what halfley's looking for moving forward with these defensive ends so i you know i i imagine they're going to go with barlow here who I you know I I like Barlow and I I think what you're gonna get out of him is against a team like ECU, a team that isn't dominant like you know like Wake Forest or Florida State who have like decent you know blue chippers for Florida State's case or just a good offense like Wake Forest's case. You're gonna get a guy that can kind of hopefully beat up on that offensive line, which has struggled this year. So I think. The Barlow loss isn't that big, but the DeBerry gain is humongous for Boston College. So all in all, I think the news isn't bad for Boston College in this case. Now, we're just going to have to wait to see if any of these seniors decide to opt out. Remember, Jeff Halfley has said, uh, he said it last week, he didn't give any definitive answer of what's going on with Zion Johnson or or Alec Lindstrom. And we're going to be kind of stuck waiting to find out. I'm going to say it here, and this is just based off my gut feeling, I got a feeling neither of them are going to play. They're going we're going to have to wait to find out because I feel if Zion and Alec were playing, that Halfley would just come out and say it. Like what what's the hurt of saying your your all ACC guard and all ACC center are going to play? Like no kidding, they're going to play. If they're not going to play, that's when Halfley has to kind of play those coy games. So. My thought are those two guys aren't gonna play, but that's just my intuition. That's just me guessing here. so I'm not giving you that yet. Uh, so that's just some thoughts about that. Now we're gonna on tomorrow's show, if you're into talking about ECU, uh, sorry for for Thursday show, excuse me, for Thursday show, I am going to be on the Bone Yard podcast. Which is the ECU podcast. It's not part of Locked On. I'm going to be on theirs and they're going to come on here and talk about ECU. So if you're looking for an expert opinion about what ECU football is going to bring and hear from there, you know. Podcasters about like what, why they're, they think they're going to be Boston College. We'll get that in, we'll get that conversation going. I'm looking forward to talking to them. Um, hopefully, this won't be like that Mizzou podcast <laughs> where I listened back and went, Oh my God, I was on that podcast. So, this I think is going to be a good one. I think these guys are going to be real fun. So, check that out. That'll be on the Thursday show, on Friday show, on Christmas Eve. Hopefully. Uh, I believe we're going to have Eric Hofstess on for our final time this year. You know, he always comes in. He'll talk about some of the bowl games. He'll talk about some of the betting spreads. And he'll give his inside analysis into BC football. And I'm sure I'll get him into some BC basketball talk as well. Now, in a moment, we'll do a little bit more holiday-themed discussion. But this isn't going to be about like Christmas movies versus Christmas music I'm going to give you my Santa's wish list for BC football for next year. What are the things that we want to see from BC football heading into 2022? But you know what? I've been telling you about Prize Picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to the college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is a daily leader in college sports, and daily fantasy. Price picks offers more college football, baseball, basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players and the power five as well as mid-major players you may not have even have heard of. And what I love about po- po- prize Picks is that they have all sorts of stats. You can pick whatever you want and custom make your uh, your daily fantasy choice really easily, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, and football, it's touchdowns, you know, interceptions. You can choose whatever you want and custom make your pick. You just pick two to five players and over and under on their projections, and you can win so easily. They allow mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on MB and combine that with the under on Tom Brady in the same entry. Use the award winning app on the Google Store and Google Play or App Store on Apple. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's so easy. I love prize picks. I know you will too. Don't hesitate to check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKED ON or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you want to run your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture you need. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system software to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new finance, financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special once-in-a-lifetime financing offer on the number one financial system for the growing business. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked. This is Locked On Boston College. We're going to be coming back with a little bit of holiday fun here. As I'm going to take my pen and paper and I'm going to sit down with a hot hot cup of hot chocolate, maybe with a little whiskey in there, and a nice batch of cookies that Mrs. Black made to write down my wish list for Santa Claus for the 2022 year for Boston college football. What are some things I wished that I see from the BC program heading towards the new year? And this could be before the, the next football season. This is from June, January 22nd, uh, 22 to all the way to the end of the year. So here's my wish list. First of all, I, you know, we'll cheat a little bit. I hope they win the bowl game. I th- Obviously, winning seven games after what Boston College went through would be um, a, a good sign because you don't want to end this season with a losing record. Losing Dracovic or not, that's just not good. You want to end it with a winning record. Second of all, I want to see Boston College hit a few home runs in the transfer portal. I know, I know Jeff Halfley has said he doesn't want to make his bones in the transfer portal. It's all about development, but as you saw on our po- on our website, on bcbulletin.com, there's still some names that he's reaching around and trying to grab. So there's definitely going to be some needs out there for BC. And that kind of leads into my second uh, part of my wish list from Santa Claus. So if they're going to get something from the transfer portal, I hope it's a pass-rushing defensive end. I hope it's someone that can line up against Marcus Valdez and get, against, get to the quarterback because it's been five years now since Zach Allen – and BC has not had a a a dominant pass rusher in a long time. And, you know, we went through the times with Zach Allen to Harold Landry. And before that, you could jump back a little bit to some, you know, Luke Keekley even was a, a good pass rusher. You had, you know, some of these linebackers, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, they had guys that could get after the quarterback. They don't have that right now. You know, unless BC sends the house or really puts, you know, uh, you know, mixes things up. BC can't get to the quarterback, and as good as I think BC could be in 2022, they need to get that guy, and I don't know who that is yet. Whether that's a Marcus Bradley, the transfer from Vanderbilt, and he's he's a he's a redshirt freshman. Can he be a a, a dominant defensive end in his second year? I mean, I don't think so. So maybe it's gotta be somebody else. Maybe they're gonna find somebody from another team that just wants to like you know they like Florida State got Jermaine Johnson last year. That 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 is you know really dreaming right there, but that could be something. So getting that defensive end for Boston college would really change the the complexion of next season. Next. I hope that the offensive line, and I hope Santa Claus can bring me the offensive line. That's going to change a lot next year. You're going to have three new names in there to go with Tyler Vrabel and Christian Mahogany. I hope that they can play better than what we saw out of this vaunted offensive line for the first year under Jeff Hafley. Now, Boston College will have three new guys in there that will be more on the mold of the Halfley and Matt Applebaum tree. So hopefully they'll play better, whether that's Ozzy Trapillo, Drew Kendall, Jack Conley, Kevin Klein, you know, whoever they put in as that second tackle. You just hope they play better because that's going to be a huge key to whether Phil Dracovic stays healthy next year. If he's running for his life and is shedding tackles all the time because there's guys flying in his face, you're risking the, the the real possibility of a third year of Dracovic getting hurt. And gosh, Boston College does not need that. So that's another wish for me. Another wish, please, please, Santa Claus, bring a win against a top 25 team. It's been since 2014. We're going on year eight now. No Power 5 team, and I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I remember seeing the graphic on Fox. I think BC's, like, second or third longest drought without a win against a top 25 team. And gosh, Boston College will have their chances next year. They're going to have Notre Dame. They'll have Clemson, NC State. Who knows if Wake Forest is still good? Uh, you mean, Florida State, Louisville. They, I mean, they'll have plenty of chances of a team that could potentially be a top 25 team. And when you have Phil Jakovic, and hopefully you have Zay Flowers, you can beat one of these teams. And hopefully that defense can kind of gel a little bit more to, to to do that. And I don't know which of these teams they're going to beat, but they need it because Boston College football, is. it's nice that you win seven games or you win six games, but win that big one. We, all, we haven't stopped talking in eight years about the win against USC, but the, the younger fans, the, the students, they deserve an, a newer win, a new win against a, 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 a top opponent. Boston College came didn't really come close against any ranked teams this year because Clemson was bad when they played them, and um, they just they they're gonna they're gonna get their chances. I mean, this is gonna be the year to do it. So that'll be one. And obviously, I hope they keep Zay Flowers. That's another wish. And finally, I would love to see Boston College end the 2023 recruiting class with three of the following five top Massachusetts recruits who they're all heavily in on. Jonel Aguero, who's a four-star, potentially five-star. Samson Ukunlola, who's also a four-star, close to a five-star. Aguero's in Lynn at St. John's Prep. Uh, Okunlola is from Brockton. Um, And then Andrew Rapalia, a uh, tight end from Milton, who is going to release his uh, top five soon. And you've got to cross your fingers. He's like one of the top tight ends in this class. And Ronan Hannafin and Preston Zinter, who are both you know, Finn's a wide receiver, Preston Center's a tight end. Get three of those guys, and you are going to have a monster recruiting class that hits on every single metric that you want. You want four stars, you'd have about three or four within the state. You would have knocked out six or four, between five and six local top-end recruits, and you would be set up to be a top-25 recruiting class again. Just off of the Massachusetts recruits alone, that would be a huge get. So Santa Claus, bring that to Boston College because this is the year for BC to get those local kids in. They've already started it with the trio from um, with from Catholic Memorial. They got two, three stars, four stars already. They could add a whole bunch more if they really lock down. So Santa Claus, bring that to the Eagles. In our final segment, I lied. We'll talk to Santa Claus about some other things tomorrow. I want to talk about transfers because there's two major names that entered the transfer portal from other schools that are linked to Boston college. And I want to talk about why they would be a major get for the Eagles. This is locked on Boston college, AJ black here. Thank you for making us your first listen. And if you're a loyal listener to Locked on Boston college, I want to send you a sincere thank you. Uh, We do this every day, five days a week talking Boston college. We're the only podcast that does this every single day. So Thank you for those who have subscribed, who have made this part of your daily routine. So, as we said earlier last week, there's been like 10 Boston. I think there's nine Boston College football players in the transfer portal. Many of these guys are players that Jeff Halfley just hasn't been able to find a um, a place for. Like, they're, they're just kind of moved on from, you know, a role on the team. They're just moving on to, to different situations. They've been told, basically, you're going to probably not play if you stay here. So, they entered the portal. On the other hand, Boston College has been involved in a couple of transfers. And now, as Jeff Halfley has said eloquently, he's not living and dying in the transfer portal. His job here at Boston College is to develop and bring in recruits. That's why he brought in 21 class kids in the class of 2022. That being said, though, he also acknowledges he's going to p- pick and choose a few uh, transfers. And he's done that for the last two years, whether it was Phil Jakovic, Jalen Gill, Jalen um, Gill. Chabuzi and Wuka, Jaden Woodbay, Isaiah Graham, mobile I mean, you could list a, a whole bunch. He's he's made a few transfer portal moves to to address some needs, and it, it, the news has come in slowly. But there have been two names that Boston College has been linked to, and the first is a defensive end. Who is transferring from Vanderbilt, and that is Marcus Bradley, who's a former four-star defensive end recruit who uh, from the class of 21 from Gaithersburg, Maryland, who chose Vanderbilt over some schools like Boston College, Maryland, um, and a bunch of other um, you know southern schools, not not powerhouses in the SEC, but definitely a high-end recruit. Now he's leaving Maryland after what looked like a, just a clash of personalities with new head coach, Clark lay. Um, he was recruited originally by Derek Mason. Mason got fired Lay joined in and it seemed like the two didn't click. And lay was not very kind to Bradley on uh Twi- on uh, during one of his press conferences, basically saying to the extent that he has to grow up and that he, hopefully he'll find a system that fits him. Um, I, you don't usually see coaches take shots at players like that but so that 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 that's concerning when it's, when you have a guy like lay who's clearly got some background at Notre Dame you know i'm sure he's seasoned to to go out there and just hit the kid like that it was kind of odd but now bradley is a defensive end but he's also kind of a tweener between a defensive tackle and defensive end you can play it either either or um you know he's 6'3" 275 i believe he played t- defensive end at um, Vanderbilt, so he's probably slowed down quite a little bit since his uh, recruiting days. But if Boston College needs another more experienced defensive end, he's not going to hit that mark. You know, he only played in two games. I think he played against uh, UConn and another, like, blowout game for Vanderbilt. But he is a real talent and someone that the coaching staff has already um, scouted. So, you know, they they saw his, his film when he committed to, to Vanderbilt. So... He might be a guy that could come in and contribute immediately. I mean, you know, he's got the size. He's built. he's He's got that, you know, talent under his belt. I mean, if you're a four-star in football, that usually gives you a good sign that you're going to be something special. So he could come in and, and immediately contribute to Boston Cause. So he's one to watch. Um, you know, there's other teams that are kind of sniffing around. Memphis offered him. But we'll have to watch and wait. I can confirm that Boston College has definitely been involved with him, so we'll have to find out where that goes. The other name to watch for isn't as—and I hate using this when talking about recruits—isn't as sexy as Marcus Bradley. But it's Chris Edmonds, a safety from Sanford. Now, you're like, oh, Sanford, who is that? That's an FCS school. Why would they play here? So here's the deal with Boston College's safety position, right? You got Jaden Woodbay, you have Jason Matry, and then you have a bunch of question marks because you, you're you losing Mike Palmer, you lost Jamin Muse, and you lost Deion Jones. So you could go with a guy like Steve Lubisher, you could go with a younger guy at safety, Jamira Jones, or uh, I think it goes by Bugs Jones. Um, you could go with that younger guy. Younger, Or you could go with a guy like Edmonds, who is an FCS All-American. Remember, Trey Berry was that, and he fit in perfectly fine with Boston College. Edmonds was an FCS All-American in the spring season of 2021. Um, He came back. He had about 40 tackles. So he's a guy that can play. He had seven tackles against Florida. Um, You know, you're not looking for a guy at safety when you have you know, would be you have Maytree. You're looking for depth. This 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 move, if they were to get him, strikes me as, as, as similar to the JT Thompson uh, signing from last year. Remember, Thompson came in, and he wasn't expected to be the guy at cornerback, but he was a depth guy, and he got his role. I mean, Brandon Sebastian went down, DeB- uh, Josh DeBerry went down, and he got to play. So I think Edmonds, if he was to come here, would get that kind of similar role, where, you know, BC plays three safeties sometimes. He could get in and and, and get some playing time if a guy needs a breather. Or if a guy gets knocked up and it's football, that happens a lot. He could get in to play as well. So those are the two big ones that I'm watching. You know, there's going to be other guys that come up in the portal too. And believe me, if you go to bcbulletin.com or maroonandgoldforums.com, I will have all of those breakdowns on the site for you to peruse. So check that out and make sure you follow me on Twitter at ajblack_bc. underscore BC. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about our wish list to Santa Claus. We'll talk a little bit about that. I'm going to also look at some of the new 2022 recruits that Boston College has been linked to. And I'm going to give you some keys for Boston College football to beat ECU. All of that and more on tomorrow's show. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check me out at Twitter at ajblack_bc. underscore BC. Thank you all again. I, if, if If I don't talk to you between now and then, have a Merry Christmas, but I hope you listen to the rest of this week and I'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.